Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Nursing Handover podcast with your favourite girls, Jerry and Diane. We're back with another episode which we're just going to get into it. There's so much that has been happening in the nursing world, world world, US world. We're still waiting to figure out who's going to be our president. Again, not that we're based in the States, but this definitely affects us. Um, There's just so much going on in the world right now. Definitely. Um, so today is the 5th of November, so for us in England, it's Bonfire Night, Guy Fawkes Night, mm-hmm. and instead of us standing outside enjoying the fireworks, we are inside on house arrest, aka lockdown 2.0. Mm-hmm. Imagine, to all those that thought it would not happen again, it is here, and I can't lie, I feel like the restrictions this time around, are they're trying to be a lot harder than they were the first time around. It's just so to bring give a bit of context. Um, we were in the lockdown from what March until about June, and then we had the whole eat out to help out scheme for that whole month or two. Um, then they realised that they felt, and I'm saying felt with inverted commas, that the rates were going up, and there was more people going to hospital, and they introduced the tier system. Which I think and, is pants, just saying. Yeah, they introduced the tier system and they now feel that that still hasn't worked. It still hasn't curbed the curve and the virus spread and rate of infection. So they've decided that it is time to go on full lockdown mode. So here we are, back again, locked up in our houses, back to where we were in March. Yeah. However, saying that, like I mentioned earlier, a few other things have happened. You know, the US presidential ele- elections are currently taking place. Trump is doing what he does. And we're still two days later, or however long later, we're still waiting to see who the next US president is going to be. And I can't lie. It's funny how when the states have elections, the whole world is intervening and wants to be involved. But let's not, let's be honest. Whatever happens there is definitely going to affect us with whatever happens next for us. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, anyone that knows America, America is known as the free world. So, mm-hmm. yeah, their business is everyone's business, essentially. For sure. So we're just going to wait and see what happens with that. But, boy, shall we dig into this week's topics? Yeah, please do. So the first topic, which is coronavirus, as always. As Diane mentioned, we've seen an increase of the R number and things like that going up recently. So the government has, well, Boris, has decided to lock us all back down. However, he when did he tell us? Sometime last week that he was going to lock us down. Like, it's so important that we must be locked down, but you will be locked down next Thursday. Yeah, he said it on Saturday. That was it. So we've had like a good five days to prepare and I think the world has gone crazy again. Again, we're back Mm. to there being no toilet roll and no food in the shops. However, a bigger important thing, I think as we've seen the numbers go up and we've seen the cases go up in hospitals and stuff, like the amount of nurses who are delivering acute care, the need for them has gone up, which has meant the big talk of the town, the nursing world, redeployment 
Um, I know a lot of places were saying that they weren't going to redeploy nurses back to these places that they were the first time around. However, as we've seen, people there's more people now in hospital with coronavirus than there was way back when. And the need for those acute nurses are still definitely there. Like I know in in my previous trust, discussing the topic with like my friends, um, it has been said that each department or each ward has to locate two nurses, two to three nurses who will go to ITU for, you know, a three to four month stint because of what they predict may be the next wave if it hasn't begun already. And without even that being said, as we saw the first time round, like both me and Diana, paediatric nurses, as you probably know, paediatric nurses were essentially forced to go and work on adult wards and, you know, deliver the care. and it makes you feel uneasy. Like I've been having this discussion with quite a few of my friends and trying to make them understand where I'm coming from. And I'm not saying that as pedonists, we don't want to help. But I think sometimes being thrown into the baptism of fire is not the best way. Mm. Especially, for example, like raising awareness or recognising a sick patient. Of course, you can... Well, I can only hope that you would be able to recognise a sick patient. But... Adult parameters and peace parameters are very different. The things that you treat are very different, even down to how we give our meds. Yeah. They're all very so so different. And if you haven't been given that training, the thoughts of being pushed into an area that you've never been in, it's very dangerous. And I know the NMC the first time around had changed bits of the code and all sorts and the parameters around working outside of your normal nursing remit. But if you don't feel safe to go somewhere, why should you be punished for going to that place? Yeah, I mean, to me personally, I don't think you should redeploy anyone mm-hmm. until you can actually present the real figures of what's actually going on in the hospital. Yeah. Um, everything we hear is, you can't trust anything that's been said. That's me personally. Um, yeah. You have Boris and his two professional professors standing there saying that we're overrun and everything's so busy mm-hmm. but we all know that if we were overrun why is the nightingale open i, I do are they gonna open so it that's, that's, that's why so. i don't that's, that's why i don't believe it because if you're overrun that badly open nightingale open it use but, it that's why it's there they're not gonna open it because it only takes single function no single organ it doesn't take multi-organ failure slash covid it takes literally just covid which to me defeats the whole purpose what's the point in spending all that money and all that time to build such a place but that's why i'm saying that if it's so bad like what we are being told we are being told in england on the news that oh my goodness the rates are going up so much the woods are being filled so much you know the nhs there's this is there's they're making their failures of the nhs everybody's business yeah, and because they cut money from NHS because they want to privatize NHS. We are now being made to feel like it's our fault, and if we don't listen to what they say, and if we don't think about the NHS, we are now being selfish to them. We're putting them under pressure. Mm-hmm. That's the narrative that I am now starting to, to get from them. Yeah, but you are the reason. The Tories, the Tories are the reason that NHS is the way it is. You've underfunded it all this time. You've privatized it all this time. You've refused to support nurses in the correct way and you wonder why it's where it is. It's on his knees. It's probably even dead by now. 
to For get sure. on his knees. It probably is. And you're wondering why. So that's why to me, I feel like if, if it's that bad, as in it's so bad, open Nightingale. Let's see, let us see us Patriots going into Nightingale. Yeah. Let's see it. We want to see it. We want, to, and, I, and, I, and I probably sound ridiculous. I feel probably thinking, this girl's a nurse and she's saying this, but on the level, it needs to be said. Let's no, no. see the reality. I totally agree with Diane. Like, there's a lot of things that have been held from us as nurses and also the public with the whole scaremongering tactics that the people are using. And I don't appreciate it because literally people are, people fear the hospital. They fear the fact, like, the moment you say you work for the NHS, they're like, oh my God, like, how can you do it? You either get you're such a hero or people look at you like, oh my God, it's such a death sentence. And it's like, what are the real numbers that we're facing? Okay, I'm not just, I'm, Regardless of the numbers that's coming out on TV, X, Y, and Z, what is the real situation currently in hospitals? Has anyone gone to actually truly have a look? I know there's all lockdown restrictions and stuff, but do we truly have the real picture of what's going on? Or is this just what the Tories are telling us to make us feel a type of way and make us feel like we have to continue playing their game? Yeah, because the fact is, you know that the lockdown area, sorry, you know that the, the wards where coronavirus is 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 mm. are highly highly you can't just you can't just walk in there yeah. they know that so that's a protected area nobody could just go in there and look that's the first thing mm-hmm. Num- number two is you're telling me that since we've been in this situation no one else gets sick and goes to intensive care that's what you're telling me exactly like, you're telling me people don't have flu like they had a flu last year so that was that what you're trying to tell me it's not even just the flu it's just people have People are in intensive care for many different reasons. And also saying that also in HGU for many different reasons. It's not just COVID related. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the coronavirus is not real. It's a real, it's a real thing. I don't think it's fake. But I also think it's like any other virus. It behaves differently in different people. Oh yeah. Big time. Because let's be honest, you like, we could both have it and show very different symptoms. We don't have it guys. Just point out there. Yeah. And the, the severity of it again ranges in different people mm-hmm. it's the same way as if you have the flu or the same way if you have a vomiting bug or the same way if you catch something from someone the severity is different according to different people mm-hmm. the reason there's so much alarm is because these scientists have never seen it before and they don't know what to do so if they yeah. can contain us long enough while they figure out what to do that's 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 great for them but the problem is is in our society we are now suffering we have mental health on the rise. We have suicide on the rise. We have depression on the rise. We have people losing their jobs. We have people going into bankruptcy. We have domestic violence on the increase. We have vulnerable children in environments where they are not safe. These are all very important matters in society that are being ignored because apparently we're trying to protect the NHS. But mate, you will have no people to go to the NHS if you're not careful because we'll all be mm-hmm. dead. For sure. And also saying that, I think it plays on what we spoke about last week in terms of like childhood poverty and things like that. Like, we're not just looking at children, just poverty in general. Like Diane said, so many people have lost their jobs again. Like, the first lockdown, we saw a load of people end up on furlough. And now they've decided to, from what I've seen today, extend furlough to next March. Where, where are they getting this money from that they can help pay people 80% of their wages? And I not give nurses a pay rise. I'm not saying still for Peter to pay Paul, but where are your priorities? Mm. Like, 
for example, you see footballers being paid millions per week. Obviously, I'm not saying take the money from them. Also, the same with the MPs. As we saw, they also had another pay rise this year. Where's the consistency and where's all of that, you know, togetherness that we were having? Like, we don't have that anymore. It's literally everyone looking out for themselves. Yeah, I think to me, it's just very concerning that Mm. the media and the messages are very conflicting. And mm-hmm. that alone doesn't reassure people that they're in safe hands. It actually makes people a lot more anxious and a lot more worried. Yeah. And I do feel like you do have professional celebrity medical professionals who are ramming home the message and supporting the government. But I also do think, are people making informed decisions? Are people reading about this? Are people educating themselves? Or are they just taking what they read and taking it as gospel? Yeah. And that's the problem I think we have in society is that we are spoon-fed information. Mm-hmm. You, have the, you, have, you have dedicated news channels. You have channels that just, just show the news all day, every day. The news is on every single hour of and the what day. are they talking about? Coronavirus. You can't escape it. Every, anywhere you read on social media, be it Twitter, be it Facebook, be it Instagram, it's there in your face. You, you, you mentally cannot take a break from it. You can't. You can't. And my issue is, is you then have the conspiracy theorists. And again, yes, people are... And I think that's another thing, sorry, I'm like jumping in between so many bits of conversation. But it's the fact that we're now in a society where if your opinion does not support the narrative, you you are a conspiracy theorist. You are against the NHS. You don't care. You're selfish you know you're disrespecting people that have lost relatives from covid and it is very concerning like where are we going where is society heading and also this is going to be an ongoing thing for the next foreseeable future inverted commas until we get a vaccine when really and truly when once when we're going to see that our number increase or coronavirus on the increase they're going to lock us back down like many people said that this wouldn't happen but but the, the issue is though that I have with it is when do you stop doing this then? Because people are getting tired. People are getting depressed. People are, like, I'll keep saying that. Mm. It's affecting people in really bad ways. It's destroying lives. It is. Like you said, suicide's on the rise. Mental health issues are on the rise. Depression is on the rise. Like, just the thoughts. I don't know what it was like for you, but the thought, the moment he said to us that lockdown 2.0 was coming, my heart felt heavy. Like, I may not be, well, to be honest, I think everyone suffers with some sort of mental health. But anyway, my heart felt heavy because it's like, okay, where do we go from here? Yeah. We spent the whole, we've pretty much spent the whole year in somewhat, some sort of lockdown or restriction. And it's like wintertime. I always say this, I say this to my friends and my family, whether you're religious or not, this is going way off tangent, but anyway, whether you're religious or not, the main times of year that families get together is Easter and Christmas. Not to celebrate the actual celebrations, just because it's the only time of year you have like four days of, you know, public holidays all together. So you can actually spend that time. Now we're all going to be restricted from it. We we didn't we weren't able to inverted commas celebrate inverted commas celebrate Easter and possibly the way it's looking, we won't we won't be able to do that this year. These are like little things that, you know, 
help people when they're feeling down or you know bring people together and we can't do that like we can't necessarily live like this like I've got friends that haven't seen like don't that they're not from this country and haven't been able to go home for over a year because of the timings and when everything has happened yeah like how long can we live like this I mean they say that Christmas is the loneliest time of year so imagine the deaths from that alone that you might get not because of covid but just because just in of, general, like mental of loneliness and like i said as much as people talk about it on the news and they say we do care about mental health no you don't you don't because if you did you'd find a feasible solution to how to manage this at the end of the day it's a virus mm-hmm. and according to their charts the at risk age groups are the over 65 and the elderly the same age groups that are at risk when we have flu season so why can't you allow young people or people in their age bracket that are deemed safe and able to deal with the virus, why can't you facilitate a way for them to lead their normal lives? But I guess why? it's also to an extent, because we've also seen, a, a, yes, the elderly and 65 and over have been the main category that have been, I guess, dying from corona a lot more than others. We have seen a numerous amount of young people, even our age or younger slash above, who are also dying, dying of this, and they're young, fit, and healthy. So I but, guess, but but to me, that can happen. Yes, that can happen anywhere. Because think about it: you could be someone yeah. in the gym and drop down dead. Yeah, and you're fine. So, it's, so. To, to me, to me, I personally, I'm getting very frustrated with the, with the rhetoric, with the narrative. Mm-hmm. I don't know who to believe anymore. I don't know who's a credible source anymore. Yeah. Um. You, you have a press conference saying one thing and you have a, a news report saying another. So today's news, Boris has said that there's an alarming rate of patients being admitted for COVID. Mm-hmm. But yet you're hearing from NHS officials that no, they're not run down at all. Um, there was, I think, from the official National Office of Statistics showing that they had less people in hospital it were in March and they did last year or something like that. So what is going on? Who is doctoring the numbers? Or are those the real numbers? And they don't like what is actually happening? And we're we are healthcare professionals, so you'd think we'd be clued up and we'd know what's going on. Yeah. But we don't we don't even know. We're literally just it just reminds me back to the times like I remember when I was redeployed and legit the information about wearing masks was changing so frequently or the guidance around PPE was changing so frequently that you had three updates in a day like we don't know what's going to happen what's happening I think it's just like you said people are tired people are going to rebel people are going to live their lives yeah whether they Um, actually implement these fines or not it's another question but what do you expect people to do people are doing what they need to to feel better about the current situation if you're not going to aid that, doesn't mean you should take it away. No. And, and I, just, I just feel like we're being led by people that don't know what they're doing anymore. Mm. And, they, and they can't admit it. Why have other countries managed to have some sense of normalisation, but yet we're here pretending that the vaccine's going to be ready? We're bringing it forward to give people some kind of false hope. Oh, by December, by Jan, by December this person this this but like stop don't do that to people because you give people hope that you know you cannot deliver on and then people are going to be like oh like we were told it was going to come out what did you think was going to happen when does anything 
come out on time. It's just it's just a way of pulling people in and making them believe that there's a cure. And unfortunately, if you are listening, there is no cure for coronavirus. There is not a cure. And you also, can alleviate symptoms, but it's not. There's no cure for it. Look at the name. It's a virus. Bacteria, you can cure. A virus, you can't. Yeah, you don't cure. You just and let it that's, play. That's and that's the that's the science that people don't really understand. There no. isn't a cure, so you you almost have to suppress it and live alongside it and manage it. The same way we have norovirus. The same way we have HIV. Those mm-hmm. are viruses. Those are things that you just have to learn to. You live with them. Yeah, you can't run from that. Because sadly. honestly speaking, how do you how do you keep locking people down? What year after year? Not even until, year. You're, until, you're, until you're satisfied that enough people haven't died. Which then is you when? decide. Then you then you decide. Okay, now we can return to normal. I think it's a joke. You That's know, a big big joke. Look, look at furlough. We've now had furlough extended till Til March, March 2021. Till March. Where are they getting this money to fund this? Like, I get, you know, people always talk about savings and the government clearly must have had some savings, but this is a lot of money to fund. What, are we going to have another eat out to help out and then all of a sudden we're going to go under lockdown again? How? how what, what do they want to come from this? And then nursing-wise, why do we keep putting this pressure not necessarily on ourselves, why do they keep putting this pressure on us? Because everything keeps coming yeah. back down to the NHS. And let's be honest, they're probably also utilising private hospitals during this time, paying to use those services because there's not enough space in, you know, NHS hospitals. Where are you getting all this money for it? And how? And who's going to be paying for it? Us. After? Us. It's going to come out of our taxes, isn't it? So... Yeah, I mean, this is a very impassioned topic, this mm. particular topic. Um, As you can tell. <laughs> and it's, it's very impassionate because it affects everybody. And no matter what you do, no matter where you are, it creeps up on you. Mm-hmm. And you have no choice but to join in the conversation. And I think you need to if it, talk about the human race and our livelihoods yeah. and our health emotionally, mentally and physically. And I don't think um, it's just a nursing topic. I think it's a topic for all different sorts of agencies, whether you're a professional or not, because this is something that's going to affect us now, forever, mm. and always. Like, we need to find a way how together, as in everyone, we're going to combat this. We can't beat it. Yeah. We just have to let it run its course. But what, what we can do for society and how we can help each other and stay safe, as Boris likes to say, it's continued. However, I feel like his new, some of his new restrictions are quite pants. Um, I think my number one one that I saw was about deliveries. How can you restrict deliveries to um, 10 p.m.? Anyway, I'm not going to go off on that tangent because legit, we could be here all night long talking about this. I just want to see what else he has to say because I don't know how he's going to come back from this. Look at all that's happened, all that's been done. It took forever to lock our country down, never closed our borders. Here we are now. It's just too little, too late. And as usual, it's Boris in, 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 his, in his element. You know, he doesn't listen to anything until he feels he has to do it. He succumbs to peer pressure and acts. Then he wants to retract. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I can't lie to you, I don't know who, who 
would Keir Starmer of the Labour Party be any better? I don't know. It's hard to know because it's a situation nobody foresaw, no. really. And I can't say Boris has done a good job because he hasn't. But could it get any worse? I don't know. Could it get any better? Could, if we had someone else in power, could they have done something different? I think hindsight's a beautiful thing. And yeah. now that things have happened, people are quick to be like, this should have been done, that should have been done, this should have been done, that should have been done. But despite what we say, if you were, you know, in Boris's shoes when all of this was unfolding, what would you have done differently? Okay, there may be a few things, but still, what would you have done differently? And also, what would the outcome have been? Yes, we did see that, like places, as I like to say, places with female heads mm. were a lot better off than the rest of us, but that's just my own personal preference. But even still, we've all faced the same thing. Maybe not many people, maybe not many places have been through as many COVID deaths as we have, but I think it just is what it is, really. Yeah, definitely. And I think discussing this with my sister also led us to the conversation of yes we're now in lockdown 2.0 but as many people have seen earlier on this week there was a video online surfacing about a young girl who was sexually assaulted in public and another girl and her mum had found her and discussing this case with my sister now that we've got lockdown there's less people on the road less vigilant eyes Kids are still going to school, going to school, uni, wherever. Who's going to have the eyes on these children when, you know, mum and dad aren't around or your own school friends aren't around? Do you get what I mean? Like, it's just raising more awareness to be like, okay, we're keeping the children going to school, but we are trying to limit the amount of people we have on road, in work, in work, in businesses, et cetera, et cetera. How can we protect them? Don't get me wrong, the case is very, very, very upsetting and a big trigger warning if you haven't seen it already. But I think these are other things, even like how you mentioned safeguarding children and vulnerable adults. In general, this is a big thing that we need to play. We're now in lockdown. If you're a victim of, of domestic, the domestic abuse, you're going to be locked down with the perpetrator. For how long? We don't know. Mm. And with other things like I mentioned about this little girl we don't know who else is lurking on the streets yeah I think even regardless of of what's happening right now Mm. children are vulnerable and this young girl was going to school when it was seven o'clock in the morning and she's walking alone going to school and it's uh, it's very very sad that she was just going to school like anyone else and I think it's sad that we have to be thinking you should travel in numbers you shouldn't be travel alone you shouldn't travel in areas where nobody can see you yeah um but it's just so so concerning that yes the vulnerabilities are going to increase and are are the agencies going to have enough time to deal with them because they're too busy trying to close people down or too busy trying to find people or too busy patrolling places to make sure people are keeping to the rules. Yeah. What else is being neglected? What else are we? What else is having the upper hand? Oh, this is being kind of left because this is the priority. I just think it's a, it's like you said, this is a big concern, and these concerns we would have had regardless. But 
I feel like now that a lot more people are home, staying home, not coming out, these will be the people that will be standing up for you if they see something happening wrong in the streets or wherever. Mm. Because, for example, like safeguarding, whether it's children, adults, whoever, it's everybody's issue. If you see something you're not happy with, you have every right to challenge them. Yeah. Because you wouldn't sit there, like if the shoe was on the other foot, you wouldn't sit there and hope and be hoping and praying someone would save you and they wouldn't. Or if you could make a difference in that child, young person's or adult's life, you would. Yeah. And I just think like this, this just highlights, again, the world we live in. We've got, we've got a government that's cutting down services to implement these things. But yet have wads and wads and wads and wads of cash to throw into her furlough scheme out of nowhere that we're going to be paying for for a very, very, very long time. It's, yeah, it's, as somebody said, we're heading into the Great Depression. Oh, by far, if we're not there already, we're definitely, we're definitely, that's where we're definitely heading. And how are we going to come back from this? We're already seeing things inflate in price. Yeah. What what comes next? Who knew Corona would cause this? But also it's very eye-opening and I kind of feel like it does make you want to know more, to equip Mm -hmm. yourself with more knowledge, to not be spoon-fed, to investigate, to not just take things at face value. Oh, for sure. Because you want to know that the facts you have are the true facts that you generally believe, not because that's what someone has told you. Because, for example, I could be telling you anything. Yeah. If I haven't checked out my own statistics and look to see, and you just believe me, this is how we just start random information being spread and false news being spread. And, you know, we don't, we've got enough things going on in 2020. We don't need to add that also. No, exactly. But boy, COVID, COVID, COVID-19. Like I have, a, I've come across a lot of people that are just hoping that 2021 will be a better year and coronavirus will just disappear, which if I'm honest, I don't see it happening. Like the long lasting effects of this is going to run for a very, very, very long time. I mean, I'd like us to be hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, it's a new year and I guess there's a, a fear because nobody knows what's going to come. Yeah. But I don't want to go into it with a mindset of, oh my God, it's going to be terrible because we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, everything has been a surprise and that, that year could also surprise us. True. We, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. The same way the virus came, it's the same way the virus can go. It can be controlled. It can be controlled in a very different way. Maybe they might. Imagine. They might have. They might have. Lived, we might have lived a bit long enough that they find a way to control it. Who knows? Imagine if it just disappears out of thin air. 
like Coney 2012 or something like that. Like these little waves of things that happen. Mm. It's just one. It's one of those things, and I, all I can say is, you know, we've lived through it. We're still alive. Those of us that are, if you haven't had it, you're blessed that you haven't had to experience it. Mm-hmm. If you have, you know, we hope that it wasn't rough on you and you had a good recovery. And all you can do, yeah, is educate yourself. Don't look at things at face value, and be kind to yourself in a sense of. Do things that you know are good for yourself. Don't watch the news if you don't want to watch the news. No. If you, don't, if you need to have a social media cleanse, don't be on social media. Yeah. You know, do Take all the things off. that are sensible. Yeah, because we're living in a world where nothing is good. Not everything that's happening is bad. There's yeah. not one area of the world where things are going well. And that in itself is depressing. So if there's anything we can all do, if we take this, if we take anything from this, the year and from this virus mm. is that we are so we as individuals are so important and how yes. we feed ourselves um emotionally mentally physically is so important mm-hmm. and you have to prioritize you no matter what yeah because as we've seen you know as and as we already know we don't last forever and tomorrow definitely isn't promised no exactly like whether you whether you believe or you don't we all know that eventually we will pass and that's it's never guaranteed on when no so like i always say to myself i try 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 not to live life with any regrets if there's things i wanted to do this year okay there was many things i wanted to do this year but you know due to the current climate that hasn't happened but i'm not gonna let that stop me i'm still gonna live my life as i can inverted commas obeying restrictions but um yeah it's just so eye-opening and I think it's just it saddens me that this is what we have to go through like a lot of this could have been stopped prior due to like how society has been but no we're here I can only hope that you know what comes next is nothing like what we saw the first time around if anything it only gets better from here on out but Let's be hopeful and see what happens. Mm. That's all we can do, really, is yeah. look after ourselves. Yeah, I feel like we just kind of got into the topic. We didn't do like our usual, how are you? Lady Di, how are you? How's your, co- your course going? How are you? That's a very loaded question right now. But um, <laughs> you know what? Like my course is good. It's just I've got some assignments I started to go in, mm. and um, yeah, it's just getting more responsibility, doing a bit more now. Yeah, more yeah. or less. But in my far from right, what can I, what can you do? We just get on with it. Of course, we're women. We multitask and do all sorts because we're super. Yeah, exactly. And you, I know you're a few days into your new role. Oh my gosh, guys. I, like I was telling Diane earlier, I absolutely hate, 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 hate new starts, starting a new job. I just feel like within nursing, the induction process is just so long. Whatever type of style of nursing you go into, it is 
just so long-winded and sometimes you just want to just get into it and start going go with the flow and see how you go but apart from that it's been all right i think it's definitely eye-opening it's very different because i've always been acute based um and now that i'm based in the community it's very different but i think until i definitely find my feet i'm gonna feel like this it's literally like the new kid off the block i've gone like i said to a few of my friends i've gone from being a big fish in a little pond to being a tiny tiny fish in a huge pond that you know no one like in my last trust i knew so many people across many different sites as such and i've come to a place that i literally know no one no one at all so even that's a very big thing for me but um which was the same like i went to pick you i didn't know anyone but luckily one of my friends came to join me but this is just so new so new exciting to a certain extent but i think just scary nonetheless but i can't lie i am more than happy tomorrow is friday the weekend is definitely well deserved rest um and then to prepare for another week i just need to i guess i just need to work on utilizing my personal time a lot more wisely and actually taking some time out for me it's a shame that lockdown has happened because then usually this is when i go out do something fun for myself but no it's time to make it happen at home but apart from that i'm so far so good it's definitely an eye-opener um i think long term wise it's probably something i want to do but again i am only day three in so i will shall let you guys know the process as i as i continue we can't wait to hear because i know if you've been acute and gone to community it's quite a shock to the system yeah and, and, I, and you have to adjust a lot like it, it's you're not gonna you know the cute you walk in and everything just starts and the community is like a slow burner that's the best yeah. way i can describe it yeah i can't say much into it like i said guys i'm only day three in but i will keep you guys posted but i will i definitely understand where diane's coming from experiencing these three days yeah i'm so used to constantly being on my feet and running around and doing x y and z that yeah. I actually have allocated time to do e-learning. Who in the acute setting has allocated time to do e-learning, guys? But yes, there's, there's a lot of differences and a lot of similarities, but I'm quite thankful I made the change. I think saying that, I remember one of my last, my safeguarding lead, we had a conversation about work and jobs and she always said something from her, one of her previous managers has always said to her is ideally if you're comfortable in a place you can stay there however you shouldn't stay more than ideally somewhat four years in a place unless Mm. this is the place you want to stay in forever and utilize your experiences wherever you go because the world's your oyster and within nursing it opens so many different avenues more than you ever know definitely i think a lot of people i've spoken to like when i first got the job they were like oh i didn't know you could do that i thought you'd have to go back to uni to do something like that but when you start discussing all the different avenues that you know nursing could take you a lot of people are really shocked 
yeah it's and I think again that's probably why we did start this podcast because people people need to know yeah um what is out there what we Mm -hmm. do where you can go you know it's not just an acute environment there's the community there's Mm -hmm. those in outreach there's those abroad there's in the army there's nurses everywhere and you'd be very surprised who nurses are and Mm -hmm. what they look like for sure for sure indeed but guys i think that this wraps up this week's episode i think so well i think we've talked about some very interesting topics again as always we'd love to go on for longer but, but this is where we want you guys to get involved. If you guys have any issues, have any things you want to discuss, well, I was about to say issues, but also issues you want to talk about within nursing, within not, how it affects us as nurses slash healthcare professionals, please feel free to hit us up on our email address, which is at the nursing handover podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hit us up on our Instagram uh, at the nursing handover podcast. And then for us personally, for Diane, it's just, it's, it's without the it's, it's DD Lutz. <laughs> and for me, it's Jelly Bean with three L's and two A's. And you can also hit us up on Twitter as well if you want to. And I think our handles are still the exact same. So catch us next week, guys, with another episode. Hopefully, we would have all survived week one of lockdown. We will, man. We did it for much of June. <laughs> so we'll see what happens this next time round. But we'll make it happen, and we'll see what what happens in this next week ahead within the nursing world and the real world. Indeed. So, guys, we'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.